Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. Now, Jamie Dupree with the latest breaking news from our nation's capital. All right, he's the most connected man in Washington, D.C. So, Jamie, in spite of a Fox News poll in South Carolina that has Donald Trump at 35 percent, the poll was in the field four days, two of which came after Trump called for the uh, temporary Muslim ban of Muslim immigrants. And uh, Trump did eight points better after he called for the ban. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, uh, the one thing that I've said to you is we've talked about this all week, no matter the reaction of Republicans here uh, on the Hill or Republicans nationally or, or people overseas or whatever. Uh, as I've said repeatedly, it didn't it wouldn't surprise me one bit for Trump's yeah. numbers. to I go have, up. I have more evidence. The, yeah. the, the Syracuse Post Standard at a poll, 56 percent support Trump's temporary moratorium uh, in, uh, let's see, voters, according to Survey USA in places like Fresno and San Diego, the Central Valley in California. Uh, places that both voted for Mitt Romney, I'm sorry, for Barack Obama over Mitt Romney. Uh, they support Trump's proposal. You have the Rasmussen poll uh, that shows a plurality of likely voters support his Muslim moratorium. And the one thing I would say, though, is that uh, I do think that Trump is in danger in Iowa. Uh, because I agree. Uh, because Ted Cruz won a big endorsement there today, and just the signs have been pointing more and more that Cruz has done a very, very good job at organization and getting evangelical leaders. And I think the several things are sort of happening at once. Not only has Cruz done his work on the ground, but the the troubles for Ben Carson in recent weeks have sapped people out of his. Uh, out of his column, and I think a lot of them are moving over to Ted Cruz. Now, I'm not saying that Cruz is going to win, period, end of sentence, but again, I, I do think that Cruz may be better positioned because I'm still not convinced that the evangelical voter looks at Trump and is ready to jump on. I, I still think they have reservations I, I would, I would agree him. with your full analysis, and the Des Moines Register pointed all of that out today, um, and you cannot deny that that Ted Cruz's surge continues. Just look at the CBS New York Times poll, where yep. Cruz is in second place, a solid second place. Carson falling to 13, uh, Cruz at 16, Rubio at 9. That surprised me in the national poll. Yeah, now one thing Cruz still has not shown is a lot of, um, is any momentum in New Hampshire. There's only been one poll where he's been in double digits there, and that's, I, I, I still... I still wonder about Cruz, sort of over, uh, mid-Atlantic, New England, and Rust Belt. I, I, I'm still, uh, I'm going to have to see him do better in those areas. Cruz is I, second in a South Carolina poll, which is after well, South Iowa, Carolina, Hampshire. South Carolina, yes. Yeah, and then you Where have Carson has dropped a bunch. There was another poll showing exactly. Yeah, there that. are two polls this week that came out of there: the Winthrop poll and the Fox News poll. Now, and, Cruz today was here in D.C. gave a big foreign policy speech over at the Heritage Foundation, just a few blocks away. There was nothing, you know, as a, you know, sort of of a boilerplate kind of attack on the Obama administration, you know, weak foreign policy. We need somebody else who's going to be stronger against the Islamic State, etc. And then after it was over, it wasn't reporters who got to ask questions. It was actually the people from the Heritage Foundation. And uh, they asked about this story in the New York Times today where supposedly Cruz, uh, in a fundraiser in New York, really r r ripped into Trump and questioned his judgment uh, as a possible president. Now, Cruz, it was really interesting, Sean, because, first of all, I never expected that the, somebody from the Heritage Foundation would have asked that uh, question of Cruz in that situation. Cruz avoided the answer and talked about something else. He said, and I'm not going to comment. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. Yeah. So Cruz avoids the answer, 
And the heritage guy comes back and asks again, which I, I couldn't believe that he did. And Cruz gave what uh, I think most of us up here would call a non-denial denial. He just simply said, I'm not going to comment on what I may or may not have mm-hmm. said, as he again went out of his way not to cross swords at all with Trump. It was interesting because in the speech, while Cruz didn't name Rubio, it was obvious that he was going after Marco Rubio in a couple of spots on surveillance and more. I, I still think that that people figure at some point, depending on the polls, either Cruz is going to have to go after Trump or maybe more likely Trump is going to have to go after Cruz. I think that is probably sooner than later. I think it's inevitable. I was surprised that Marco Rubio, number his numbers, which had been rising, dropped a lot in the New York Times poll. I mean, he, well, he went back down to 9%. Well, it just be a one-off kind of thing. You it know, could he's, be, yeah. He's been uh, up in a bunch of others, and that's why I hate looking at just a single poll numbers, more trends than anything else. But uh, all the feeling around here is, as we have discussed, that it's it's turning into sort of a three-person race. And then the big question is, out of New Hampshire, can anybody in the, the Jeb Bush, Chris Christie, John Kasich area, can they break out at all? Or are they just not going anywhere? Well, the one area where it seems a little more cluttered is in New Hampshire. Yes. And if you look at the New Hampshire primary polls, then there was the the CNN MUR poll, which had Trump 32, Rubio 14. Then you got Cruz at 6, Carson at 5, Kasich at 7, Christie at 9, Bush at 8. It's the one one state right now that seems where they're kind of bunched together a little bit more than with Trump obviously leading by a lot. But they're bunched together more in the middle. Yeah, and again, I think that New Hampshire may be a bit more emblematic of uh, states like maybe Maryland, New York, uh, even Ohio and Pennsylvania and Michigan, where, you know, the the one thing that sticks with me from this year from the debates is the tepid applause that Cruz got both at the debate in Cleveland and at the debate in Milwaukee. And I just still wonder about his appeal sort of north of the Mason-Dixon line. That's something that he's going to... I think Trump has a much better chance at having a broader electorate support him in those states than maybe Cruz You're does. almost making the case for a, a, a Kennedy-Johnson ticket. Well, it is. There's a lot of that. At, listen, I think there's a lot of that at work in both parties. And, you know, I look at Hillary Clinton if she's going to be the Democratic nominee... Uh, I, 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 it wouldn't surprise me one bit for her to pick, uh, you know, maybe a Hispanic Texas Democrat or something like that to try to fill out her, uh, 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 her vice you know, presidential nominee. Let me, let me ask you about what happened in the Senate today, um, because from the Washington Free Beacon, a Senate committee earlier today approved a resolution that critics are describing as an unprecedented move granting immigrants easier access to the United States. It was offered by Pat Leahy of Vermont. It affirms... It was a non-binding amendment. I want to right. stress that. It's, it has no force of law. Right, but here's what I wanted to ask you. It affirms the Senate's belief that the United States must not bar individuals from entering into the U.S. based on their religion or such actions would be contrary to the fundamental principles of which this nation was founded. Now... The language offered is obviously in response to Trump's comments. Yeah, it came from Senator Patrick Leahy, the Democrat from Vermont. Yes. Now my question is, it was a 16 to 4 majority. Yes. And the only people that voted against it were Tom Tillis of North Carolina, David Vitter, Louisiana, Ted Cruz, um, and and Jeff Sessions. Mm-hmm. Cruz wasn't even there. He was actually over at his speech at the time. He voted by proxy. But yes, you're absolutely right. But again... It was a non-binding resolution. Yeah, but my point is 16 to 4. That means a lot of Republicans wanted to trash Trump. Uh, I, what, what was the one? What is, I keep telling you this every day this week, and, and judging by the hate mail I've been getting the last couple of days, it's not well received. Uh, the no, one I believe thing, you. I absolutely the, believe you. The one thing that I take from this week, and again, I don't think that this has an impact on the race right now. It certainly hasn't slowed Trump down. But if there is one thing I take from this week, it is that Republican elected officials here in the Congress of all stripes are more likely now to confront Donald Trump and to Mm -hmm. criticize him publicly than they were maybe a few months ago. 
Again, I'm not sure that that changes the dynamic of the race, but I do think that's an important thing to note as we move closer and closer to a time when, at some point, if the establishment wants to stop Donald Trump, they are going to have to confront him. And again, Tom Tillis is not exactly what I would call a rhino or anything from North Carolina, supported by a lot of uh, uh, conservatives. You know, and, and, and so that's the one thing I take from this week, that Republicans feel more emboldened to stand up to Trump again. Will it work? Will they stop him? That's a whole nother argument. I think every indication, as I predicted, the Fox News poll in South Carolina, one example, the Rasmussen poll, another example, the Survey USA poll uh, of the Central Valley in San Diego, another example, the Syracuse Post Standard poll, another example that people agree with Trump on the temporary moratorium. And what I suspect is going to happen, and you've been around Washington more than me, I don't doubt one second everything you're saying is true, and I don't think people should get mad at you because you're reporting news they don't want to hear. Uh, but I but I know politicians and you're describing the quintessential politician. And I would argue when more polls come out and they all show that the same thing, that people support the temporary moratorium, then I think a lot of these guys are going to start shutting their mouths. You know, um, I, I part of me part of me says that that might be right. But I think that for a number of them, just judging by having spoken with them uh, for you know so many months and watching the Trump phenomenon and everything, that I think that some of them have felt like they needed to be quiet because there were a lot of people back home that were supporting Trump and they didn't want to be run over by them if they got out front. But I think that dynamic switched a little this week again. Will it make a difference? I, I don't know about that. But for now, I just see that going forward. And to me, the important time in this is going to start maybe like mid-January or so when we get into, you know, start we start actually getting down to breast tax both in Iowa and New Hampshire and then moving on from there. My guess is there might be one other big issue that breaks between now and Christmas. I think it'll be a slowdown during the Christmas and New Year break. And then I think we come back guns blazing, politically speaking, come January. And then we're m one month away when we get back from vacation, yep. less than a month. Less than a month, yeah. Uh, away from, from Iowa, which is, uh, I think, as you point out, I think that's great news for Ted Cruz today. Uh, I would say he's the favorite probably in Iowa, and, and Trump is the odds-on favorite in, in South Carolina and New Hampshire. Yeah, I would say, again, if uh, if the sort of the GOP, quote unquote, establishment wants to stop Trump, I think uh, uh, the best thing for them to have happen would be for Cruz to win in Iowa, in a sense. Well, maybe, but they hate Ted Cruz as much as they hate Donald Trump. That's true, but I think they probably figure they can deal with Cruz easier than Trump. I think what the, you're going to see is they're going to have to coalesce behind one person. At some point, they're going to have to get in a room, all of those people that don't want Trump. I think they're going to have to get together behind Rubio, basically. I think they're going to have to. And Rubio is the only guy that, that they right can say. Right now, he's the only one showing any life. I mean, it's uh, yeah. not not Bush, not Bush Fiorina. Bush got 3% in the Christie. CBS New York Times yeah. poll. At 3%. Yeah. Even uh, Scott Walker, I guess, yesterday uh, called on some of those people to get out of the race. Well, Lindsey Graham think, needs to go. George Pataki needs to go. These people aren't going to be president. I do think that Trump, um, it's it's easier for Trump with this big field right now. It's a little more difficult uh, with a smaller field. One quick thing I wanted to add to you. I, I was yeah. downstairs for a long time today outside the FBI briefings for lawmakers and on the San Bernardino attacks. No real bombshells that were delivered by the FBI director in those meetings, but lawmakers in both parties that I talked to this afternoon said there was a lot of concern voiced by members in there in, uh, about the vetting process, not only for the K-1 visa, like the the wife in that duo, but also for refugees in general. So uh, th they were told by officials that those screws are being tightened somewhat, but still a, a big worry for members in both well, parties Well, what right this now. has proven is Tafshin Malik was given a visa and then later a green card. 
even though she was already radicalized. Yes. And they and, didn't pick it up. And, you know, that's what actually adds emphasis to a little bit of what Trump's saying is. And that's the same thing Clapper is saying and Comey is saying. I mean, they're all saying that there are flaws in the system. And it doesn't sound unreasonable to me to put a temporary moratorium on immigration in general until they get this system fixed. I don't think that's too much to ask. If government is admitting they can't do it right, then fix it, get it right, and then we'll open up our immigration system again. So we'll see. As of now, uh, I can no see you other- totally agree with me. Go ahead. Now, as of now, no other hearings or anything scheduled this week, but members, uh, I think members really attuned, especially on the Republican side to this story and how it's developed. Uh, certainly, it looks a lot different than it did on that Wednesday afternoon when it started last week. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. All right. What's the latest on the uh, budget deal? I, I guess they got a five-day temporary budget. They're going to they're have a five-day budget to get us to Wednesday night at midnight, so there'll be more negotiations this week. And, I, and look, in the end, we all know it's going to be a product that most people won't like. This is going to be like bad-tasting medicine. Uh, you know, we'll, they've got next week to get it done, or they could theoretically still punt into next year and not finish the omnibus and just stay in a stopgap measure until then. All right. Jamie Dupree, the most connected man in Washington. Thank you, sir. See you, Sean.